Hello, my name is Lee Milne, and you are listening to the We Magic Podcast. Now, before we get stuck in, I just want to say hello to everyone. I also want to say thanks for listening, and I want to spread a little bit of love. You see, I was inspired to start a podcast because of the other great podcasts out there for magicians. We have the Magic Podcast starring Craig Petty and Lloyd Barnes, or Craig Petty if you're American. It's not Craig, it's Craig. Like Vague, like William Haig, for goodness sake. But no, scrap that last one. But that is a podcast full of great information, great advice, great real-life chat. But I am aware, and I'm sure they're aware, Craig and Lloyd, that it is not for everyone. I mean, (laughs) it really is not for everyone. I enjoy it. Most people, I think, listening to this would enjoy it. But it's not for everyone. I'll leave it at that. There was also the Magician's Advice podcast, Ian and Phil. They kept that going for a few years, ended it on their own terms. Fantastic. Great podcast, you can still listen to them. And the Magician's podcast, Richard Young interviewed the biggest names in magic, literally. And what a show that was. That's still available as well, Richard has kept it up. He's pledged to keep it going, keep the library active for as long as he's alive, I think. Hmm. But it's really worth checking out. I mean, you you get interviews with magicians here and there, but interviews with Paul Daniels, with Dynamo, Darren Brown, with David Copperfield... Yep, they're all there. Incredible. There's also several other magic podcasts. The Professional Magician, I'll try that again. The Professional Magician is a very good podcast. It's full of um, great advice, but it's not one I hear people talk about very much. It's not one I hear people um, comment on at all, really, which is a shame because it's really good. There's also the Magic Ward, there's Of Slights and Men, there's, um, there are loads. So I thought, I'll do one. So why did I want to do a podcast? Why did I want to do a podcast, you ask? Well, it's, it's nothing to do with you, really. I mean, no, sorry, sorry. I want to do a podcast <clears throat> because of the other podcasts I've mentioned, and also because I feel like as a working professional, I might have something to say. Everything I say in this podcast, everything from the intro you heard right up until the very end of the very last episode, which might be in six months, maybe in six years, maybe in six days, I don't know, but everything between those two points, 
it's going to be my opinion based on my experiences based on the things I've um, seen and done and yeah so if there's anything you disagree with relax don't worry we're all we're no one you know we're not all going to agree on the same things all the time but hopefully you'll find something in these podcasts that'll make you think yeah 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 okay let's calm it down but really I want to do a podcast what's really got me thinking about it lately is Blackpool I'm recording this at the tail end of January 2023 so it's only a few weeks until the Blackpool Magic Convention 2023 and this is the time of the year I get excited I start to think oh I can't wait to go I can't wait but I do have thoughts about Blackpool you know positives and not so positives but I'll get to them in a future episode but watching all these, uh, but this time of year, I watch all these YouTube videos and listen to podcasts of previous Blackpool Magic Conventions. So I watch Brendan Rodriguez. He always does some great videos for the Blackpool Magic Convention. Um, he shows the highlights, the best tricks. He shows himself doing magic. Shows all sorts of things in his little video diaries, and they're really, they really are worth checking out. Other ones to mention are Cavan Booth. A young guy who vlogs Blackpool every year. They're good videos. Um, there's a lot of people these days who do video diaries, basically, of their experience at the Blackpool Magic Convention. And I wanted to get my own thoughts down this year, but I don't want to film because I'm not really good at all that stuff. And also, I'm, I'm the fattest I've been in my life. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not putting that on camera just now. Um, <laughs> I look alright from like the bottom lip up to my eyebrows but okay you don't need to see the rest so I thought if I start a podcast then I can get my thoughts down share them with people whether people listen or not I don't know, they might, they might not I hope you will if you don't, you don't, it's fine it's fine <laughs> No, it's fine. So, before we get any further, I think I should tell you a little bit about myself. So, as I said, I'm a working professional magician. I perform at kids' parties, family events, and I perform close-up quite regularly for weddings, corporate events. You know the type of thing. And... Uh, I feel like since I've been doing this for a decade, it's kind of, there are great things about this job and there are things that are a bit like, I wouldn't say bad, I wouldn't even say not so great. I would just say not everything is as shiny and happy as it might seem to the outsiders. So... I didn't start learning magic until about 11 or 12 years ago and I began performing, being paid to perform about 10 or 11 years ago 
Yeah, I know, I know. It's not the way to do it. It's not the way to go about it. It's not the advice I would offer anyone getting into magic, especially a young person. But I didn't know any better. So... It all sort of happened organically. Not really by mistake, but... Um, one thing sort of led to another. Basically... I never really had an interest in magic because I didn't really know much about magic. I'd never really seen it. As a kid, I'd seen bits on TV. They had clip here and there. But when Paul Daniels was on TV, in my house we were watching Silla Black on the other side. No such things of any recorder in our house, not back then. There's no skybox back then. To record one thing, watch the other, or get the other thing on catch-up, or on free view, or anything like that. I'd occasionally see Wayne Dobson, because he would pop up on ITV and various programmes. Loved that, but only saw little clips here and there again. And then, that was it. No interest, because no knowledge of magic my whole life. And then... When I was about, I was almost 30 years old before I took an interest in magic. And it's that old story. I was going through my first divorce. You know, we've all been there and... Oh, we're not? Oh. Okay, I'll get into that then. So I was, in fact, going through my first divorce. First of many. No, no, first. And hopefully only. I got married again last year. And I'm hoping that's it. You know, this is, at this age, this is plenty. I don't need another divorce. That one was enough. One was too many, really. But without it, I would still be married to that person. So no, yeah, one was the perfect amount. So, I was living on a tiny island, six miles off the coast of France, and I was alone, and I was lonely, and I was fed up, and I was depressed, and all I was doing was working and drinking, and working and drinking. And at the weekends, I had every weekend off, so I was just drinking. And at the time, it seemed like, this is pretty fun, but yeah, it's not great. Not really. Not over a long period. So, around about that time, I was introduced to YouTube and unlimited, unbridled internet access, which was a first for me because I had moved a around a lot. Um, when, when the internet became like a household thing, you know, I was moving around too much to get it. Uh, so geograph geographically and also financially, it wasn't always the first thing I went to. I didn't have the internet, basically, for years. So when I got it, found YouTube, and I was looking at random things, thinking this is the most incredible technological advancement mankind has ever made. <laughs> thinking, oh, look at this, I can see a cat talking. I can see... 
I can see that old He-Man cartoon, but someone's dubbed over it with funny song lyrics. I can see... Oh my goodness, look at this guy. What's he doing? Oh, he's falling over. That is hilarious. You know, the usual stuff. Stuff you still watch on YouTube. <laughs> but the further I went into YouTube, the more I found one clip of David Blaine from his first TV special from back in 97 or 98, whenever it was. And I thought, oh, I remember watching that. I loved that one-off programme. So I watched more clips and more clips and more clips. And eventually I thought I'd love to know how to do some of that stuff. And then I remembered there was a programme advertised, and I don't know if I watched it back in the day, but there was a programme advertised either the day after David Blaine was on or the same night. Um, and it was The Secrets of Street Magic. And it was this guy in like a sort of a mask that covered the top half of his face. Um like the opposite of the COVID mask, but with eye holes, obviously. And he would go around exposing street magic. So, <clears throat> excuse me, so he would show how to do the centre tear or ashes on arm or how to, uh, I, I think he put a coin in a bottle. I don't really remember all of it, but I remembered that programme existing. So I looked for that online, found it and I learned a couple of things. And I thought, this is great. I didn't know back then it was exposure. I didn't know it wasn't the way to go about learning your first trick. But I'm glad I watched it. And I'm glad I learned those first tricks. Because they got me to... Uh, they got me interested to learn more. So I went online and ordered a book. And this book was called The Complete Idiot's Guide to Magic. And it was good. I was, and this sounds so dumb for a man approaching thirty years old. I was scared to buy a magic book because I thought it was just going to teach me how to do the twenty-one card trick, or it was going to teach me how to steal someone's nose, or it was going to teach me how to, you know, um, I don't know, take your thumb off, things like that. The basic, the simple things. You see kids doing when they say, I know a magic trick, you know, sometimes. So, and I thought, it's not going to teach me real magic. It can't possibly teach me real magic. But I took a chance, bought the book, and one of the first things I learned was how to force a card, and the whole world changed. Once I knew how to force a card... I was using it everywhere. It was the cross, uh, the cross cut force, and I would get someone to pick a card, the card I was forcing on them, and then lose it in the deck. And then I would say, "Look, look at that photograph on the wall," and they'd look at the photograph, and it'd be a framed picture, and behind the glass was the card they had chosen, and it was blowing people away. And that was really it. I put the book away. I thought nothing more because I thought I've learned the greatest magic trick of all time. And I still think it's pretty good being able to force a card. I still think, you know, it's such an incredible device of magic. You know, just so good. But 
and I kept that in my pocket for years, just that knowledge. Uh, and I didn't really do anything else. I maybe learned a couple of other things, you know, from that Street Magic special, but it was always this pick a card trick that I did. And then I met someone, had a relationship, forgot all about magic, split up with her, left the island. I actually left the island because I had a little cat, and this little cat would sit every day on the windowsill and look out at the world. And one night she was looking out at the world, and she jumped down off the windowsill. She looked up at me and made this awful sound and collapsed and died in front of me. And I was a broken man, and I thought, right, I'm going. I'm, I'm going home. So I went home, <laughs> booked my flight straight away, went home. And then got a job working in bars. Well, got a job working in a bar, um, leading to other jobs in bars, things like that. Got to know a lot of people. Eventually, after about three or four years, I moved back. Eh, I moved in with my mate, my good pal. Um, we shared a flat right in the centre of town. And one night, we only lived together for a year. But in that year, we had a Christmas, and on that Christmas night, all the pubs were closed. So we said to everyone, come round to our flat. We're in the centre of town. Everyone come round, bring some drink. We'll have a great night. And we did. Everyone came round. We had a great night. And eventually, at some point, my flatmate said, oh, show them that card trick, you know. So I showed them the card trick. And people were blown away. And I thought, oh, do you want to see something else? So yeah. Show them something else. All right. So, <coughs> excuse me, I showed them different things. I showed them um, a few tricks. They were the same trick, basically. Same piece of magic, over and over again, dressed up different. So I'd force a card, it would appear in a photo frame. I'd force a card, it would appear in their bottle of beer. I would force a card, it would appear, it was the same piece of magic, but they didn't know that. They were blown away. And their reactions that night made me think, I want to do this, I want to start getting into this again, as a proper hobby this time. So the next day I woke up, and shook off the, you know, the hangover, and then I went online and I ordered two books. I ordered Mark Wilson's Complete Course in Magic, and I ordered Magic by Joshua J. And they were both game changers. They're still great books. If you've never read them, even if you've been doing Magic for 40 years, I would go back and have a look at them. If you're brand new to Magic, definitely have a look at them. They're both great. And both worth revisiting today. Eventually, as I was going out, going around the pubs, people would get to know, oh, that's that guy with those tricks. So people would ask me to see a trick and I would show them. Almost all those people who knew me, at least to say hello, or who knew me from working behind the bar. Um, and yeah, people would just ask to see a bit of magic. And I was like, this is great. I'm really enjoying doing this. And eventually... This guy came up to me and said, introduced himself, and I'd never met him before. And he said, oh, let me buy you a drink. Can you show me a bit of magic? So I showed him a bit of magic, and he said, 
I'm getting married in a few months. Could you come and meet my fiancé and I in the hotel um, in a few days? And I thought, yeah, bye, of course. Of course, so I came, I went and met him. And the hotel was just walking distance from my house. So I walked down, met him and his fiancé, showed them a few bits of magic, had a little chat with them. I told them I've never done this before. And they said, that's, that's fine, you're, you know, we've enjoyed what we've seen so far. You seem like a nice guy, so we'll book you. And they booked me for two hours, and they asked me how much it would be, and I said, £75. And I thought, they said yes, straight away, obviously. And I thought, I've got it made. £75 for two hours. And most jobs I had had up until that point, that would be... Almost 10 hours work. 10 hours hard work. This was two hours doing something I loved. And I thought, £75 for two hours? This this can't be right. Really? Looking back on that now, I'm still thinking that can't be right. But from the other side, you know, (laughs) I wouldn't wouldn't go and do a wedding for two hours for £75 now. But, well, maybe £76. So that's kind of how it began. After that, someone else asked me to do their niece's birthday party. I ran along to Tam Shepherd's in Glasgow. Mr Walton sold sold me um, hip-top bunnies, sponge bunnies, paper to pants, um, a change bag. And I was set. And I went to the Barras where Alan Duncan had a great magic stall for a few years. And I would go there every Saturday and just stand and listen to all the magicians chatting. And he sold me my first colouring book. Magic colouring book, not, you know, a regular colouring book. That would be pretty pointless. I've got plenty of those. So yeah, like I said, the reason I wanted to start a podcast was to get my thoughts about Blackpool out there. And in the next couple of episodes, I'm going to be speaking about Blackpool 2020 and Blackpool 2022, because I've only been to two Blackpool conventions. I said, when I first got into magic, oh, I'd love to go to that. When I first heard about the magic convention, I thought that, first of all, I thought, Blackpool? Blackpool, England. Blackpool, England, February. Black, really? Not Nevada. Not, you know, Las Vegas. Not Hollywood. Not New York. Not London. Black, okay, okay. So, I said for years I was going to go, never did until 2020. And I was so excited. And then they announced at the end of the 2020 show, Chris Angel's coming next year. So 2021 rolls around and COVID. And I think actually 20 Blackpool Magic Convention 2020 was one of the last mass gatherings that I know of before lockdown was implemented. So we were quite lucky. And then obviously 2021 was cancelled, but they still did a lot of stuff online, which was great. 
loads of free content online. Um, just really good of the organisers to organise that. Uh, and then Blackpool 2022, great time as well. Blackpool 2023, I'm looking forward to it. So I'll keep you updated with that. I'm going to go now. This is just a quick short episode. Quick short? Just a quick short episode. That is now officially in the English language. Quick short. So this quick short episode is just to introduce myself, introduce the podcast, say thank you for checking it out and asking you if you will keep in touch, if you will listen to the next episode and the episode after that and the episode after that and, well, I don't know if I'll have an episode after that. This thing might never see the light of day. But thank you once again. Thanks once again for listening. My name is Lee Milne. You've been listening to the We Magic Podcast. Keep in touch and I'll see you next time.